live from no more in-person matches for 2019 because I'm tired and I need a nap. It's the Vocal Minority Podcast. Would you like a blankie? Ask me after segment two. Well, hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Vocal Minority Podcast, the podcast that we'll actually record in person one of these days, we swear. On this week's show, it's all about the playoffs. We're talking TFC, MLS, and CAMPL. No season reviews for us just yet. That will uh, will come up in future shows. That's a winter activity. Seasons are still happening. Why should we review them? Yeah, no. You wait. You wait for your reviews. Exactly. Let us do our in-depth research and give you proper, fully formed season reviews. Not these on-the-fly ones. Whatever. Yeah. All right. And now to this week's panel. The happiest footy fan I know right now. He got the trifecta this week. It's Mark Hinckley. Yeah, it's true. I won a whole $11.59 on one game. I yep. got to see uh, For I'll explain. Uh, Forge did their business. And uh, I guess we're talking Man United slapping around. Norwich, that yeah, that, that I we guess are, that, yes. Okay, then there's your trifecta, because it's definitely not Marseille, Paris, because Marseille got their ass whooped. So, oh yeah, they did. Oh yeah, they did. My phone would not shut the fuck up for the first forty five minutes. <laughs> what do you mean a goal? <laughs> what do you mean another goal? What is happening? I'm still trying to read up on the second one, and the fourth has gone in. <sighs> Our super sub, whoa. If, if you hear, again. if you if you hear the odd that that kind of, just power through it if you can. Okay. Yeah, I will from now on. Just yeah. Sorry. No worries. No, no. Just it's just yeah. because for me to edit it, it if if I know you just powered through it, then you're good. Yes. Our super sub from mlssoccer.com backslash underscore can pl tilde football Canadian soccer. It's gentleman Jimmy Grossi. Hello, hello. Yeah, they keep me pretty busy these days with all those backslash hyphens, you know. I just yeah, your business card must be crazy now. It, it folds out. <laughs> yeah, I, I, just I, like I, a poster, man. It's got four sides like that. It's good. I just appreciate that you take the time to update us every other day with the new Ural. I know there's been a couple times where the Ural changed, and while you were about to send that out, they came out with a new one, so you scrapped it. I understood that, but... The fact that you keep us in loop is it's it's flattering. Well, you know, this is the internet age. The internet age, you know, everything's just constantly changing and evolving. You gotta you gotta learn to roll with the roll with the tide, you know? Mm-hmm. Truth. Um, the other guys can't join us this this week for good and valid reasons. I'm serious. They they, they have their reasons, they are good and valid, and we shall let them be this week. Um, as for me, uh, just let them be. It's okay. Um, I'm a bit under the weather, but the show must go on. I am your host, Kristen Knowles. And now, to our show. I still think the temporary carrot allergy is bullshit. Yeah, I'm expecting note. doctor notes. Yeah, I'm expecting yeah, doctor no, notes. You, I hope... You, I'm not going to say which one, but you better get documentation. We're on Patreon, for fuck's sakes. I have a note. Okay. You 
All right, well, first up on the show is, of course, the Pizza Rats post-match. And I know that was days ago, and it really feels like a really long time ago. But it's an eternity. Yeah. It really was. But that, it actually happened. Yes, at, it did. Uh, you know, at not, you know, their second baseball stadium. <laughs> um, <laughs> Record-setting. Fucking MLS. Like, Fucking MLS. Honestly. Um, so Eastern Conference final, here we come. Their third and fourth year in fourth years, dear gods, their third and four years. Mm. Um, and I have, I can, I can feel the text coming in from Dwayne. Yes, Dwayne, I, I know that they're fine. Um, we'll see. And, Are they? um, I've, I've heard that they're I, fine, but I've heard they're fine. I, I hear that a lot. I, I just, um, I get it. It shows up every once in a while. <laughs> that was especially the first half the great performance from Toronto and uh, they were very unlucky not to have scored in that first half but that was a very you know well planned performance from them and uh, the first goal of course capitalizing on just a ridiculous mistake from from uh, was it Charmant? I don't know. It was Zavaleta. It was it was Chano, Yeah, yeah. Um, just I like what what are you doing, Matt? I, I like thank you for the beautiful gift and for also the the nice work from um, from Pozuelo because uh, Sean Johnson was you know being a jerk and being good at his job, um, and then the you know the 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 inevitable concession. Of course, um, and and nothing, nothing. Q, you know, I don't think that was too bad of a of a goal for for Q going in. But um, then super sub Richie Larea uh, doing is doing doing the business again. And this time, I will give him this one. I will allow the not staying on his feet because he had good and valid reasons to uh, to have been knocked over. I think a lot um, of that had to do with the fact that somebody else's feet were in his way. Exactly. So, so this I time. Mean, he's not... Legitimate. That's, that's like two or three games in a row where he's not tried to crumple in a heap under his own power and tried to draw something. And that just tells me growth. You know, personal growth, professional growth. I think so. to a fine, young, upstanding citizen. Literally Indeed. upstanding. And and you know if you read the if you read the athletic, uh, Toronto FC basically saved his career. They saved him. So Toronto FC savior of Richie Larea. I don't know. If, if you I don't read the athletic, none of this makes any sense to you. But you could probably search the TFC live hashtag and find it somewhere. I don't know if I want to give anybody that kind of credit just yet. That's okay. Okay. Um. So yes, I. We were, you know, I think we did call. Mark, you and I both predicted a win for this one, didn't we? Yep. Yes, we did. And so good good on us. And I predicted the scoreline, much to my $12 of celebration. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, I couldn't believe it because, and, the only, and I don't normally bet on scorelines. I'm usually not that clairvoyant. I've had a good season, though, when it comes to predictions, like I've, Yes, you have. It's 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 probably in the 20 30 percentile and that's just that's staggering because I'm just full of shit just like most of us. Uh when it comes to these predictions. So, um 
I thought I'd take a flyer. 2-1 in my mind sounded like a very plausible, reasonable outcome. And la-di-da, it happened at the death. Thank you. <laughs> oh my God. I couldn't believe it. But you only got $12 for it? I For, for correctly uh, guessing the score. That was it. $1 bet, 12 to 1 payout. Yeah, you probably should have put a little more on that. Well, yeah, hindsight 2020, James. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for the insight. Wait, isn't that how betting works? You can just change it afterwards? <laughs> I don't know. I'm still considering putting that second dollar down on my 1,850 to 1 long shot of Canada winning the uh, Qatar World Cup. So mm. well, I'll test that theory out, James. I'll get back to you. All right, all right. And now that we know that uh, they've moved up the rankings a little bit, the possibilities become uh, more tangible, I suppose. I won't settle for anything under seventeen hundred dollars. I'm gonna tell you right now, that's just bullshit. Have they seen this country play? Exactly. Stand your ground, Mark. Stand your ground. Mm-hmm. Don't let these bookies push you around. No. no. So, James. Yes. Do you have any initial thoughts on 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 the the triumph, or shall we just get into some specifics? No, no, it was uh, it was impressive, you know. Um, I think the thing that's been that's been rattling around in my head the last couple of weeks as we approached the playoffs and TFC went on that that pretty extensive unbeaten streak, you know, leaving aside the fact that they lost the Canadian Championship to Montreal, uh, was just that, you know, I normally have a pretty good read on on what this team is and what their preferred eleven is and. You know how they're going to go into any match, and and I I sort of have no idea what this team is right now. You know I don't really necessarily know, know what their best eleven is. I don't know what the starting formation is. I don't I don't know how all these pieces sort of fit together. You know where does Schaffelberg fit in this team? Where does Gallardo fit in this team? Is Benazé preferred on the left? Where does De Leon start? Like it's it's there are so many moving pieces right now that that. I don't think we necessarily know what what the potential of this group is right now. And that's sort of a weird place to be after 34 games of a regular season. And so Well, and that's I'm, that's that's been this that's the season in a nutshell though, right? No, oh, um, definitely. But speaking of like, you know, talking about their 11, of course, this this what makes this win even more impressive is that for the second match in a row, they did it without the uh the services of Josie Altador or Omar Gonzalez. Altador, once again, not even in the 18. Uh, Gonzalez was available as a sub off the bench, but uh, was held back. And, and I think wisely, uh, as the match wore on, it looked like they were going to be able to to cling at least. Um, and it sort of starts to raise the question, I don't think for Gonzalez, but it, to me it raises the question for Altador. Um, you know, do you just... More- Obviously, when he's healthy, he's going to play. But when does he play? Does he come in as a super sub, mm-hmm. which is not always a bad place for him? Um, I've, I believe I said this about him like a good three years ago. I really like Joyce Altador as a super sub. Um, or do you start him and hope he can go a significant distance? Because there's potentially, you know, there's there's one more match and potentially, you know, the biggest match after that. So, what happens? Is that a question? <laughs> sure. 
is now. Um, it is now, eh? Uh, I don't know. Like that, that falls very much into this line of I don't know what this team is right now. I don't know how they play, and and I think that's sort of a function of just how late this group came together. You know, this year was never supposed to be the. There was always going to be a little bit of an evolution, but. You know, back in January, Victor Vasquez was still going to be here, and Sebastian Jovinko were still going to be here. So, right, it's been a it's been a matter of sort of learning on the fly with this group. And so, you know, if Josie comes back and is available, then I think it'd be pretty hard to keep him out of that starting eleven. But but what the ramifications are for everything else? Do we see Josie centrally? Does Pozuelo drift back out to the left? Does Pozuelo drift fall back into midfield? Like. All of those are sort of very much open questions right now. And I think the one thing we can say based off of what we've seen um, and using using the way Vanny uh, dealt with Gonzalez was sort of he's not going to risk burning a sub on somebody who's not going to be able to go 90 minutes potentially. So if we see well, Josie start, um, it'll be because he's he's fit and he's ready. All right, well, we'll talk about that a little bit more towards the end of the show. Um, we have to talk about Pozuelo uh, for a number of reasons. Like what uh, fucking reasons? Uh, I, you know, I have fucking good reasons. I hope they're, I fucking they're, work they're, on these. Fuck, I hope so. Before, you know, you know Alejandro Pozuelo has played, what, what is Martin? Sorry, Martin, sit down. Uh, Martin Bailey's latest, I was at 76 yeah. games. Uh, that he's played this year be between two different leagues. So we've talked about his effectiveness and uh, the fact that the man is worn out and we very much look forward to seeing him play next year after an actual offseason. But he's obviously, um, in the last two games at least, shown that he is a player that will rise to the occasion and mm. is doing his, you know, his level best to... Um, to help lift this team as much as any other player. But, you know, a lot of people sort of, you know, we've heard whining about his lack of production. Oh, he's just ordinary and stuff. And, and, and again, it's one I push back on because, you know, the man has played a lot of fucking soccer. Um, but the one thing we have known about Pozuelo all season is that he has got some giant balls of steel. Seriously, I don't know how he walks around sometimes. And that penalty showed it <laughs> just to casually basically stroll up to the ball and chip that into the net little little panaka action was just like are you kidding yeah. me and then to see you know the interview after the match uh that was a fucking good interview um it's one of the where ones. it really was he fucking worked that um where he, he said yeah you know that was that was planned i i discussed this beforehand <laughs> Which I kind of love about him. I like that he decides how he's going to take his penalties before games. He's probably I think, just I checking think... for leaks in the dressing room. Ah. It's like, it's like, we'll find out which one of you bastards is talking to the press. My penalties that... are going straight down the middle. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> the fascinating thing was if you pair that with Michael Bradley's interview post-match. When he was asked the smiling. about chipping that ball right down the middle. He was smiling. We've seen him smile a little bit over the over the oh years. Oh my god, that interview was fair, so but... smiley, it freaked me out. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah, it was uh he was very pleased with uh with the big boy win, but uh 
I think yes. the thing that stood out to me most was uh, was when he said that that you know he he'd known Pozuelo was going to do that if he got another chance for about two or three months just uh, since that last NYCFC game. He since that last win, I know. That was, that was how it was going to go. So uh, I guess it, I guess that's what the guys talk about in the locker room is just uh, how much they're looking forward to putting Penenka's past Sean Johnson. <laughs> Well, you know, if you need a, a need a, a full team motivator, that's it right there, clearly. So, um, yeah, the Michael Bradley post match or yeah, the big boy win. That's that's one of my fa- honestly, it's one of my favorite quotes. And yeah. it, but I'm it does, it still t-shirts. does. I, I yeah. yes, yes, uh, it does still uh, smile, super smiley. Michael Bradley, so weird. Like there was multiple smiles in that interview, um, and it was just odd. So, um, but Pozuelo had a very strong match, not just because he scored both goals, um, but he played, and again, the first half, they all played very well. That was, that was a fun half to watch. Second half, obviously, uh, Pizza Rats were switching things up, um, rotating their formation. TFC had to, you know, shift some things to, to, you know, counter that. Um, I think the, uh, I think the subs were pretty solid uh, in terms of, you know, who was coming on. I'm always I'm always happy to see Nick DeLeon come on. Um, I was actually surprised the Larea sub took as long as it did. Um, I actually thought mm-hmm. that would be a little earlier. Not that Justin Morrow was having a bad match. He wasn't. It was just, you know, fresh legs, speedy legs, always a good thing. Um yeah, I this was this was a well done. This was a well played game, and it's not that New York played poorly. They didn't. It wasn't. They weren't shit or anything. Uh, TFC were just better. Um, and I I have Richie Larea next up in the rundown. The reason I put this here is because so two matches in a row now, and and he has been instrumental in something good happening in, in game winning goals, either assisting, getting knocked over, whichever. Um, and someone I saw, someone on Twitter sort of said, you know, we have our new Canadian super sub since Tossaint Ricketts left. Cause this used to be kind of like Ricketts job for a season. Mm-hmm. Come on, instigate things, make good things happen. Um, yes. No. Was Richie the new toss? with a higher upside probably because, you know, younger and more career ahead of him or. I think he is. I, I would certainly say just based on, on what we've seen. I mean, um, he's got, he's got explosiveness and he has the ability to not necessarily run in a straight line very fast, um, <laughs> which, which right there just shows like he's a, he's a veritable Swiss army knife of, of a tool set. Um, but no, in all seriousness, like, Toss was a good person to bring into the game late when, you know, people were run down. Long, hot night. And now here comes fresh legs who could run faster than you at the beginning of the game, never mind the end of the game. Um, and then trying to take advantage of that raw speed, um, I always found was, was quite the clever tool to have. Um, never, it, it didn't often play out the way that I think we all hoped. But when it did, it was, you know, good for Toss. Happy for him. Um, Lorea is, he's he's weirdly fancy with on the ball, and I mean that in the sense like he can, he can dance around guys in he's ways got that skill. in ways that 
a guy off the bench shouldn't be doing, at least in MLS. Um, and just see him make people look bad is beautiful. And when he makes them look bad and they come back for a retaliatory uh, tackle, um, don't fall to the ground. Let them take you out. And uh, then, uh, you know, his, his, uh, his ability to draw uh, penalties and, and, and fouls is, becomes quite invaluable, as we saw. So um, as a, so as a better off-the-bench tool set player, I would, so far, I would say absolutely much better. Yeah, I just pulled up Greg Vanny's quote post-match, uh, talking about Richie, and, and I'll just read it for you guys here because I thought it was... Uh, but it summed everything up pretty nicely, you know. He said, uh, "Let's hear it." Richie is so elusive on the ball. When guys are tired, he's a disaster to have to deal with. He did what he's done so many times this year, which is eliminate guys, drive to the end line, get himself in position to cross. Their guy chose to win the ball, and that was that. Um, and I think, I think if we're talking about him being the new toss, the distinction I would make was would be that Ricketts was very much an impact player. And when you started him, he wasn't able to give you quite as much. Whereas I think one of the things that's been most remarkable about Richie's rise this year is that he's just as good from the beginning. Um, he's been a he's been a consistent contributor all year long, and and it's really given uh, given the team a lot more flexibility in that fullback position. Whether it's it's somebody missing out through injury, or or whether it's just sharing minutes between a couple of bodies rather than rather than, you know, relying on Justin Morrow to, to play every minute of every game. It's uh, It's been a real nice addition to the team. And the fact that they, you know, they I, I think sort of the debate in my mind is, is who was the better sort of off-season pickup in terms of value. Was it was it Richie Larea or was it Nick DeLeon in terms of guys that you pretty much brought in for a song and, and sort of have, uh, have become really key pieces for you this year? I still err on the side of De Leon, um, not to, not to you know, dismiss any of the any of the work or contributions from Richie Larea, um, but both you know Richie's great and I yeah I think you know he plays a different position than Toss um, like I said younger has more of his career ahead of him so different skill set already but uh, been super fun to watch and always you know again love to see a canadian player being successful um for the first team we got an answer to one of your uh, enduring questions on uh, on wednesday night or wednesday night yeah did you not see how much i I don't know if it would chuck chuck did that get answered how do they get the caramel inside the caramel bar no we all know that one it's the armband. You were wondering about the armband and what it was. Oh, what was it? I didn't catch the answer. Neither oh, did, did you I. not see it? No. Oh, there was a shot. There was a shot of Richie with his shirt off, and the armband has to do with a strap that he wears to keep his shoulder in. That's what that is. Yeah, it's it's That's like it. a. Uh, yeah. I I, I, like I want the mystery back. Yeah, this is this yeah. is the definition of an, of unringing a bell. You can't unring a bell. Well, now thanks, James. I was expecting thanks, there James. to be a tribute or as did or I. Some kind yeah, of like, like some serious personal some, significance. Yeah, something. Like, this is in memory of my uncle who taught me how to kick a. No, I'm sorry, guys. I can equipment. only I can only report things as they are. If it makes it any better, uh, the TFC Twitter account. <laughs> Hilariously tweeted out a picture of him side by side I with some that. supermodel. Yeah, 
So yes, that I saw. All right. Well, I, I, I will. Um, I will say, James, that I, and I, and I mean this sincerely, infinitely. You classed this show up, but this is the one time we really could have used you to just bullshit. That would have been wonderful. <laughs> Seriously, man, get with the like, program. Like, I, don't get me wrong. I appreciate every every single other time, but this one, you should have just you should have said it was his, from his favorite stuffed animal, and he lost it, but he kept the headband that was on it, and now he wears it on his arm or some <laughs> shit. You know, like honestly, just. You could have strung me along. I would have report. I would have repeated it verbatim as law. But no, no, it's just athletic equipment. I'm not saying that's not a possibility, man. I'm just oh, you don't get no, no. You can't take it back now. now. You can't take it back now. No, no. All right. Well, a triumph against the Pizza Rats again in the playoffs. Um, and TFC now with an MLS league record uh, playoff wins in two different baseball stadiums. Uh, no one, I think, can take that away from them. In New York uh, State. And in New York State. Exactly. Amazing. Because I, I don't see this is this is where Martin I, and I assume he's still sitting down from the earlier warning. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure he would have been able to uh, verify slash correct that. So I didn't want to give him the opportunity, which is why I went for the focus of two baseball stadiums in New York State, because I know that's that's fact. There's there's nothing you can't. I don't I don't even have to open up a record book. That's tight. Job done. Good job, guys. Good job. And next up on the show, it is time for MLS playoffs. Ooh. Of course, we were just talking about Toronto FC. But there were three other games that we should at least mention in some sort of cursory fashion. Uh, Wednesday night after the uh, TFC triumph over the Pizza Rats, it was the sounding enthusiast home to uh, those folks from Sexy Sandy, Real Salt Lake. And uh, as much as and, and this, this one, this one hurt. Not not as much as I don't like Seattle, and I always want them to lose. But it was just it was Nick Ramondo's last game, and yeah. I I I actually got a little misty um, at the end when it was over, and during his his his, his post match interview, it's just like oh, please stop being so gracious and wonderful, and and he had a very good match because he's Nick Ramondo. Like he kept them in that as long as he could sort of thing. Um, mm. But Seattle did end up winning uh, two nil, like seven saves. He had seven saves in that match. Seven. Mm. Um, but yeah, so stupid Seattle won two nil. Uh, Nick Ramondo leaves 20 years. 20 years. Um, so good. So much fun to watch him. Um, such an unlikely 
you know, superhero kind of thing, but just so great. Um, and a, a and genuine, yeah. A, a genuine character, too. Like, just a, a fascinating oh, yeah. guy for what he's accomplished. And I guess we're sort of reaching that, you know, TFC came into the league in 2007, and I think there's a handful of guys. You know, Chad Marshall retired earlier this year. Yep. Uh, Beckerman is still kicking around. Uh, but the number of guys that have sort of played against TFC every year and that we've sort of been watching for as long as our MLS, uh, our MLS years, are, they're starting to dwindle now. They're getting few and far between. And, and some I know, of those guys it's that, weird. Yeah, some of those guys we saw get drafted or be youngsters. Connor Laid from the Red Bulls, another one that I was right. sort of surprised to see him hang up his boots. But, uh it's always something that sort of comes around this time of year. You say goodbye to some guys that you've been watching for a long, long time. Yeah, I, I think the funny part is the number. With the nice part of with that uh, number dwindling is uh, the the fewer opportunities where somebody can come on the pitch. You go, I remember playing these guys where they were absolutely fucking garbage, <laughs> and uh, and and be able to with with decent accuracy um, uh, almost weave the uh, the tapestry of words that would lead to the gradual progression to where we are right now. So that being said also, um, the sooner they all retire, the happier we can truly begin to forget about those first nine uh, years. I'm, uh, I'm always reminded of them when uh, whenever you look at Toronto FC's head-to-head record against somebody. <laughs> Yep. You know, yep. You, exactly. You it's like you can't really escape the past, no matter how the the last couple of years have gone for you. You know. Now this it's going to take a true. long time to overcome that. Oh gods. Um. So yes, yeah, so Seattle moves on to the Western Conference Final, and then we turn our attention to Thursday, and the AU guys host the Union, the Upstart Union, who had a bizarrely good season, uh, while making so little impact on the memories of football fans <laughs> like how many it's just like oh right how are the union are good what sorry i'm sorry did you say the union were in first place for a good chunk of the season what it's very yeah, very I'm very odd um but delightful it, it was yeah. it was delightful and um it came to unfortunately uh, an end on thursday night as the au guys were too much and andre blake uh, looked bad in both of their last two matches. Like, yeah, they managed to get out of the semi, uh, the the whatever the first round match, um, into the semis. But Andre Blake, who is a very good keeper and who I really enjoy watching, looked ordinary. And not that he's not at fault for entirely for their for their loss in this, but I think that they had trouble overcoming not just you know obviously Atlanta is a very good side annoyingly enough um but I feel like you know if if Blake had been super you know superhuman Blake that we've seen him be they would have been in it for longer or had a few more chances um but instead we got a Julian Gressel goal at the beginning and a Joseph Martinez goal towards the end um to see uh Jim Curtin's side well be curtains. Ew. I think I know. this one would have been I, a lot more in, <laughs> interesting without that early goal. You know, I think that was yes. a, a backbreaker, especially with the short rest and and the amount of effort that Philly had to put into that Red Bull victory. You know, coming back from 
from those couple of Blake mistakes. And I, I guess the big takeaway here on the larger scale is sort of just how important it is to have a keeper that that helps win you games rather than helps you lose games, if you know what I mean. Like, Oh, totally. You know, Westberg, and... Westberg has been called upon in, in both of TFC's playoff games to come up with those big moments that help be decisive. And, and that's just what you need from a keeper. Uh, you know, going from Nick Romando, who's done that for his team for 20 years, to... To Blake, a, a still young keeper that sort of uh, will hopefully learn a lot from this experience. Well, you know their first, yeah, their first experience in the in the postseason, right? And um, yes, he's played internationally as well, which is a different mindset and a different, you know, different set of experiences. But each league's playoffs are their own; it's their own little bubble, right? And it's always a different thing. So, yeah, I hope uh, I I. I don't see there's any way that the union don't bring you know he's not back with the union next year um and he is a very good keeper and i hope people are watching him i've always enjoyed watching him play but yeah it was tough to see him be fallible um kind of like watching bill hamid you know and and uh uh but blake did it over two matches so it was even more apparent that he's struggling a little bit with maybe this this pressure um but again something for him to learn from and unfortunately for us because Philadelphia was definitely the the choice I think for most TFC fans um, we will now be taking on the AU guys on Wednesday night and we'll talk about that later on in the show but yay Atlanta <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> I, I, um, I was recently at a conference in, in Las Vegas and I ran into one gentleman wearing a union kit and spoke to another dude who was uh, uh, professed his love of soccer, and he was from the Philly area. So I, I, I gave them the best, uh, the most sincere. I really hope you guys beat Atlanta because we don't want to play them. Um, uh, cheer, you know, support. Uh, yep. Obviously, that did not work out, and we did not do. We did not get the opportunity to commiserate after the fact. Uh, so I can send condolences and a more difficult playoff path but you know whatever it is what it is <sighs> Atlanta yeah so annoying all right and now of course the match the match of the week really and, and, and it's 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 and then to hear the commentators tell it this is the the the, the biggest match of in footballing history most anticipated most important Blah 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 blah. What was super well, fun was so seeing the Twitter pushback. Oh so yes, much history between. These oh my teams. god! I mean, the year and year and year. <laughs> Why it's bigger? It, it's bigger than more popular and historical derby name entered here. That's just a placeholder in case we decide to actually put the name in there. So I'm sure I'll get back. Oh to my it. god! It was uh, it was so so irritating. Um, the the just the non-stop oh my god it's just it's like okay mls we get it we 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 get that you you love this um but just dial it back about a thousand degrees please you stop well, rubbing funny, it in my face <laughs> the, the really funny thing is that like the game was unbelievably ridiculous and in some way was perfectly fitting for the, the the all the hyperbole going into it was uh was very much played out on the pitch with with just how bizarre of a soccer match that was yeah 
Yeah, exactly. So that game was nuts. It was just ridiculous. Um, 5-3 was the eventual score. Uh, so all the goals. Um, and just a, standard, just a standard soccer score, you know. Yeah. Were we expecting something, you know, low scoring? Typical? Not in this one. Well, that, and that's and that's the fun thing about watching these two teams play each other is that neither team really believes in defense, um, and that was very apparent on Thursday night. You could say they're uh, allergic to defending, you know, <laughs> just a little bit. So you had Carlos Vela, who is God, he's fun to watch, and and they had like some again. There was a feature on Carlos Vela, poor Carlos. Vela. Anyway. He's super fun to watch. Uh, he scored the first two goals uh, for Zombie Chivas. And then, of course, uh, the Galaxy were not w- quite so willing to go away. Uh, Christian Pavon's goal, actually, was... That was a good goal. Um, I really... I quite I quite enjoyed that. And it was a very nice assist from Zlatan. And yes, I was all night calling for more Zlatan for this match. Because if you're going to have a match of this ridiculousness... Because it's, it's always ridiculous between these two clubs. Let's just let's just let's just let's just let the monster out, right? Like let the let the lion out of his cage. Um, so he equalized, got the game two two, and then two more LAFC goals, and then another uh, Galaxy goal. Uh, it just it was just nonstop. It was just goal 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 goal, and it did. 80th minute, uh, LAFC, you know scored the, the, the fifth goal and you know Galaxy certainly tried but could not really sort of put together much in the way of comprehensive attacks towards the end um, and Shivas were the sorry LAFC were the best uh, team on the night and not shockingly really go forward into the Western Conference final yeah, did you both get to watch fascinating. it? I did indeed. I did not. Oh, I'm sad. Well, I figured I would try and rush to catch it if Zlatan was on goal number three or four because <laughs> of previously discussed Rollins-induced theories, which were still brilliant and hilarious, and I needed them to happen uh, before yes. I died. Uh, Nudity statues—you had to be there, James. Um, he did—he—he he, did—he did grab his junk at the end of the match, so you know, like that was. Yeah, but that could just be him literally having an itch. I, I don't. No, no, no. That was that was him uh, telling someone off. It was kind of hilarious. Uh, Slatan Junior always needs to get involved. Exactly. Um, yeah, I didn't get a chance to see it, unfortunately. All right. Well, James, sorry, we we, we totally cut you off. You're about to be pithy. Oh, it was. Uh, I... It was a pretty fascinating match in, in just the way that it played out. You know, uh, I was on Rollins' show not too long ago, and they wanted a bold prediction from me. And I don't really do predictions, so I just uh, no, stabbed in the dark. I said uh, LAFC would not win more than one playoff game, which I thought was a pretty bold prediction and, and just uh, an expression of how I'm, I'm uncertain of how they're going to deal with the pressure of being in the playoffs. And I think, you know... Darby aside, a 5-3 win 
in a game like this where your season's on the line is not exactly the way that a coach really wants it to play out if you if you talk to him about what he wants his team to do and how he wants them to defend and sort of the seriousness with which you want to take a, a one game elimination it was it was a bit of a I don't quite know how to encapsulate it. It was a uh, it was a strange one to watch. The defending was just absolutely woeful, and if if oh, that's it was the atrocious. way that oh, it was it was bad. And if LAFC are going to approach you know their game against Seattle like that, then then they're in a lot they're of trouble because Seattle yeah. is just such a such a grind you down and make the most of the opportunities that they get kind of team. That that if LAFC plays like that. They they're gonna be in some trouble for that second win, thus proving me right in my prediction, which I steadfastly <laughs> usually refuse to do. Uh, but but there was also the is amazing. <laughs> there was Hello? also the tactical fact that you know Bob Bradley went into this with the plan of of make them beat us by actually playing some football, Guys? which is not really necessarily what the Galaxy do. They're more of a, a smash-and-grab sort of team where you, you work the ball as quickly to Zlatan as you can and you see what kind of magic he can create. And, you know, by forcing the Galaxy to sort of move the ball around, it almost eliminated Zlatan from the game for, for large stretches of it. He was nowhere near as involved as I'm sure Gal- the Galaxy would have liked him to be. So as much as it was uh, sort of random chaos there was also a bit of an underlying principle at play so the question will be is is how quickly LAFC can sort of shift gears and go into a a tight tactical battle against the Sounders this week agreed um the other thing that if you watch this match and you watch to the very end uh was Bob Bradley's post-match interview with um what's his name uh uh, it was Sebi okay. Salazar, wasn't it? it was, yes, it was Sebi Salazar, yeah. and uh, yeah, that was that was that was interesting. Um, so it was it started out as your typical ish post match um, interview, and then uh, and then Salazar asked about uh, Carlos Vela, and. He, he asked, you know, I, again, it maybe maybe it was a bit of it was perhaps a bit of an odd question to to ask at that point after a match like that when Vela had been um, dominant and you know had clearly shown up. But I guess there have been questions about you know Vela's showing up in games, and again, it's hard to say about one of the league's best players this year. But anyway, so he brought it up and Bob Bradley was having none of it and stormed off mid-interview told him to get lost um and kept what do you keep saying who who asked these questions you know how many big you know like have they why are people asking this question you know what it's not a fair question get lost and he walked away and it looked like he was going to come back and then he just gestured angrily and kept going and that was that Nobody likes paying fines. It was very interesting. Um, And the the reaction to it has been kind of interesting as well. You know, whether Bradley should have just shaken it off or just said, well, there's your answer and look at what he did in this match or whatever. Or whether he was in the right to just get completely offended. It's just it's it was it was all sort of interesting. Um, 
I have uh, a bit of a different take. I have a bit of a different take on this, and I haven't been following the maelstrom too closely because you know all this sort of window dressing stuff is not the kind of thing that I, I normally get myself yeah. too involved in. But uh, I I didn't see any malice in it. I didn't really see any anger in in Bob. I didn't, you know, he. I took the get lost as more of sort of like an are you serious sort of laugh it off. If, if this is what you want to do, then I'm not going to waste my time with this sort of thing as opposed to a a real indignation sort of sort of thing. And, and you know, there was an element of sort of playing it up, playing into the whole, uh, you know, I'm a coach and I protect my players and, and this guy's got an unfair rap and, and we don't have to put up with this because, because of uh, what we've clearly done this year. So... You know, there's been a the the little bit of waves that I've gotten from the the backlash have been sort of, you know, was it was it improper and was it was it over the top and should he have just and it, to me it just sort of fit in with the whole match in terms of it being uh, you know, a little bit of that uh, that wrestling chest thumping bravado-y showmanship that you'd sort of expect from an LA Derby so I mean it just sort of fit in perfectly for the night and I saw it and I laughed and I just sort of thought nothing of it and a couple of days later it sort of seemed to blow up and, and and take on a whole life of its own which I guess is just sort of how these things roll that's crazy it was just funny to me yeah. anyway um, so that is the uh, so the final the East, the, the conference finals have been set so uh, the AU guys will host Toronto FC on Wednesday night, and um, the uh, uh, Zombie Shivas will host uh, the Sounding Enthusiasts on Tuesday night. Why they're both being played on weird days, I don't know. To determine who goes to the MLS Cup final on November the 10th, which is a Sunday, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Um no idea where it's going to be yet, but if you're a Toronto FC fan and they somehow make it, you're traveling to the West Coast. So, just, you know. It will, it will not be in Toronto that much. We can it will continue. definitely not be in Toronto. We will not see TFC until next March. Um, so, also, all right. Is it, not, is it not delightfully ironic that it could be in Seattle? Oh, yes, absolutely. Like, I know the likelihood of that being the outcome is excruciatingly low at this point, but why not? Let's, for old time's sake, let's just... The rubber match! Let's just, let's just get together. Let's just hash it out. Let's see what happens. The most anticlimactic fucking final I could think of for MLS right now would be Toronto Seattle again? Fuck, what happened? We got no, high-flying no, LAFC, we got Atlanta, the near giants of MLS. Those are all air quotes, by the way. Oh. But here, the opposite... Of uh, 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 that uh, that tie is, you mean the game I think from you're wrong, two years but, ago but, and three years ago? But let's but let's talk about that when we talk about the the final match. Um, oh, fine. Come on, you we have a lot. We, we actually down order thing. No, I want to jump to well, two. We want to go on tangents. Tangents. <laughs> Keep your tangents within the within the framework of the rundown, please. And mathematically, that is impossible. Moving at all times. Failure to do so will be ejected from the podcast. Okay, fine. But she can't throw carrots at us today, so. <laughs> you won't be there next week, will you? No. Probably not. 
he's like, haha, I will, st- I will remain carrot free. I will do what I can to make sure Mark gets all the carrots. <laughs> Thanks for the armband bit again. I want to bring that up. It is time for a little Camp Yell action. Um, the uh, there's a little there's there's lots to talk about for Camp Yell, but we're only gonna we're again we're not gonna get into tons of things. Uh, we are gonna touch on a couple things before we get into uh, Saturday's first leg of the Camp Yell championship thing, whatever it is we're calling it. Um, Finals 2019. There we go. Right. Yes. Sorry, I forgot. I did. I don't have the scarf in front of me. CPL read, Finals so. 2019. <laughs> are, you, are you contracted to yeah, say I mean, that? He probably is. Yeah, good point. Portion of the um, yeah. So no the comments. Aquaman, no Aquaman fired their coach. Uh, Michael Silberauer is gone, and uh, yeah, with like what a game left in this season, which was yeah. so weird. Yeah. Like I, I, I understand that. They wanted to go a different way, but I think it was just a, Rob, a little strange. Rob's friend, more like Rob enemy, am I right? Mm-hmm. You don't well, because James here's, don't laugh. You're not supposed to laugh, Kristen. Because well, here's but yeah, thank you. But here's here's the quote from from uh, Mr. Friend. Um, I think it would have been less of an impact if we did it after the season. So basically, he wanted this. It's it's about shaking it up and letting everyone know that everyone's job is on the line. So there, I am gonna like. Come in there and fuck you guys up, haha! Ha. Uh, you know, like, he must have seen that a few times in, in the Bundesliga two and three, <laughs> something like when that. When he was leading teams to the Bundesliga and then being told, you know, as they get on the bus to go up a division, uh, Rob, can we speak to you a second? The bus can pull away, and then he gets left <laughs> behind, and then he gets helped help somebody else to the Bundesliga. If you if you ever, I don't, I don't, I don't remember this exactly, but I'm pretty sure he's. He's been a part of two or three successful promotion campaigns and didn't go up with them. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's well, how it works. If there's one thing I know about pro footballers, is they love it when the front office gets involved. Oh know? yeah. No. He's, yeah. Maybe this is like oh. all pent up rage from his career. It's like I'm going to screw with these kids. Mm. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't have a Rob circle of life. You know? I just want to say that. Circle of uh. life. Um, so yeah. So you know, obviously. Obviously, the Aquaman did not have the best season. Um, they had some injury woes. They had some playing woes. Uh, but they did have... Whoa. Have a... It was nice to see the kids playing. Um, and they'd certainly put forth the most youthful team all season and had a had an almost... Well, they had a candidate for the golden boot. Except, apparently in CanPL... The final, sorry, the 2019 Campiel final matches finals. Count. Finals. Sorry, towards the Golden Boot, which makes no fucking sense. But anyway, um, 
Yeah, so farewell, I mean, Michael. I mean, if you're one of those people who, like, looks at statistics a lot and, and, and is one to, like, regale back into the, the history of, say, certain trophies or how it gets handed out, um, see this manages to maintain itself for the next 20 years. And there's been more than one occasion where the person who, the person who ended their season with, you know, say, 20, some, 20 goals, head of the golden boot, but he gets beaten at the finish line because they had two extra games. Um, kind of, kind of shitty. Um, until that happens, they're not going to fix it. I realize. Uh, yeah. Until then, uh, yeah, this is this is dumb. But wait until it happens, and we go. Okay, can you fix it now? Because this is this is brutal. You screwed this up. You're gonna have to hand out two awards now, one to the real winner and one to the one that you meant to hand it out because of your stupid rules. So, anyway, that's just my thoughts. It's just weird. Yeah, it's just weird. Not to completely ignore that completely valid point, but uh, I was a little surprised that that a coach was shown the door after this first season or or towards the end of this first season. I really didn't think anybody would be. Uh, pulling the trigger based on the fact that it, it was the first year for all these teams and and there was so yeah, much like, again, work to get done but but i wonder if like it's funny I, I do wonder if there was like too much of a focus on if his focus on the young players um you know i i, I don't know i'm hoping to get some answers to this when we have Issy Nakajima Farron on the show, um, which actually should probably be next week. <gasps> now that we can schedule around uh, other things happening and actually get him on here um, and see what he has to say. Uh, but yeah, it's a bit weird. I thought sort of the first year would be a pass for everybody and that if anyone left, it would be because they decided to leave, not because someone made them leave. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't I was... be surprised. Go ahead, James. Sorry, Mark. Go ahead. I wouldn't be surprised if it if it turns out that that this was a mutual thing. You know, we haven't seen any reporting, and, and nobody's talked to Silverbauer. But it was uh, it was a pretty you know grand move from a guy that that just recently retired to sort of come over to Canada and help do this thing. And I think the thing that that most sort of surprised me about it was considering that their game plan was very much to go with uh, you know some really savvy veterans and pair them with a lot of exciting youth. Um, and it only kind of went off the rails when, when all those veterans weren't available and and the youth were sort of left to their own devices. And, you know, you're playing midfielders at center back, you're playing fullbacks at center back. And and I, I thought given all that, they they were a pretty entertaining team to watch. And, and there oh, was they a lot were of great promise. fun to watch. There was a lot of promise I, in that group. So I, I didn't necessarily is. see the need for it based on on-field returns, although I'm sure they were disappointed with how, uh, with how it ended up. My... Uh, my surprise with this wasn't even, wasn't so much that somebody was sacked, but I kind of felt that uh, the guy in uh, in Winnipeg, Rob, fill in the last name. Gail. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I kind of felt that he, if there's somebody to be on the chopping block, it might have been him. It just kind of seemed like he lost the room just based on some of his like quotes and tirades. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, the results are one thing, but to be vocally angry to the sideline reporter, it's like, I think he doesn't have the room anymore. So the fact that he still has his job as of recording, I assume it's going to stay. And Superbauer 
is out the door, I'm a bit confused, to be honest. But, um... Uh, I had a pretty long chat with Rob about a month ago, sort of about how their season played out and everything like that. And, and I think that's just sort of his his nature. He's a, he's a real sort of combative guy and... And uh, I know they definitely had some issues over there in terms of uh, navigating this first season, but I think everybody had their growing pains. So yeah. that was that was what caught me off guard about the Silver Bower thing was that it, it didn't it, it seemed incongruous with how the year necessarily went for them. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we know obviously that only two well only two teams can compete for the championship but uh what are they competing for they are competing for the canadian shield dun 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 and it's not made out of so, rock should have been made out of rock should have been made out of rock it should have been made out of rock Granite exactly weighs about 38 pounds three no, players a ton, need to lift a ton, it a, a ton a proper ton yeah, yeah. That, uh, Spelt yeah, with it, two N's and an E. Exactly, a ton of yeah. Yes. Yes. A ton of um, All right, gentlemen, thoughts on the trophy shield thing? Go. James? <laughs> <laughs> Are you allowed to comment on this, James? I'm, I'm allowed to have opinions. It's nice, um, Mark. <laughs> somebody also I don't know somebody, why your voice sounds like that I just went <laughs> somebody pointed it out to me I think it was I think it was my colleague at Waking the Reds Benedict Rhodes that it, it looks a lot better in person than you would think like something about photos doesn't quite do the, the heftiness of it justice and and so until you sort of get a look at it like it is it is a nice looking piece of silverware slash glass slash wood you know, I, I kind of like the idea that that the main one will will live at the CPL offices and every year a team will get a, a version of it with their names carved into it. That they I like that idea as well. Friends. I think that's excellent. That I think true. that's a really neat sort of sort of uh, a touch to it. And, and the idea that you will be making a new version of it every year and the teams will be fighting to have their names put on that version, I think adds a, adds a tangible aspect to a season that, that can sort of seem impermanent or, you know, in the case of, of other trophies where you get a replica of it or whatever it is, it always sort of seems a little fraudulent isn't the word that I want to go for, but, but the idea that you're actually competing for this actual thing rather than a representation of it, I think is a neat sort of meta aspect to the whole thing. I think there is a bit of a practicality issue whereby uh, if somebody drops that bad boy or decides to get drunk and kick it into a river, I think I don't know quite how well it's going to stand up to that sort of traditional trophy treatment. You know, if this gets dropped off of an open top bus and run over, then, uh, then there's going to be some issues, but, uh, on on the whole, I liked it. I liked that they went a little bit different. They went a little bit uh, outside the box when it comes to trophies, and uh, you know we'll see. Yeah, I um I kind of feel like uh, I feel I feel like the, the what the trophy needs to be in our mind's eye is somehow super important, and I don't think it is. I think it's as long as it looks not not grandiose but important. It looks like something worth fighting for. And that that's what this checks that box. Like there are some dodgy ass looking trophies out there that are by more air quotes major leagues that uh, <laughs> look 
like this is really what you're competing for this is what you're bleeding for like come on this is not that nice you wouldn't buy this at a home sense for $22 and put it on your shelf why would you want to compete for this so um the fact that it's different i'm okay with that different is fine different is is perfectly perfectly good the uh, but to bring back that the the comment that there's going to be a a version produced every year to be distributed i think that's a that's a great idea because at least they're outright saying like no you're going to get your own and it's going to be important it's not a replica wink nudge it's going to be this is yours this one is just for the front office that's going to have the names on it that's going to be the air quotes official record of championshipsness um i think that that that's going to hold more meaning because you're right you go to any club's um, trophy room, and you're look. You're really looking at replicas. Yeah. And 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 that's. They're not. They never say that out front. They 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 never say like, hey, this is, this is a replica of, the MLS Cup because there's only one and that stays in the, head office. Or it's there for this year and then, you know, three weeks before the beginning of the season it needs to be FedExed back to, New York, city. So, like. This is this is this is a good tradition, for lack of a better term, that's a start to say like there's a distinction between this one, the one that we saw, and the one that the team is actually gonna earn. Yeah. So, um I'm okay with um, it. I, I like the I, I like the again, I, I, I really like the difference of it. And it, I did sorry, I did misname it. It's it's the North Star Shield. Yes, thank you. I, sorry. I wasn't I was gonna double check that but then i thought i'm tired you could be right um <laughs> yeah north star shield's pretty it's pretty awesome name for a trophy i don't care um but yeah it's uh like everything it'll grow in me even, even i do wish sorry go ahead mark no, i was gonna cutting say, you off no uh it's gonna grow in me even if my first impression wasn't wow and i don't mean necessarily this but just a lot of things in general uh it, there's nothing offensive about this nothing off-putting about it so no 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 it's a fine trophy now and you'll learn to love it in 25 years and i think that's kind of the case yeah i i do i do however wish that the it actually was like the league logo on it like it's a version of it but it's not actually the logo and that so that part disappoints me a little bit like that's 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 all everything else I, i like all the other interesting details you know it only weighs 15 pounds that's not too bad uh um and all the whatever the etching and the light refracting and all of those things and it's you know it's chris i again i think it should have been, i would have loved if it was actually a piece of you know like the canadian shield or something because that would have been kind of cool mm-hmm. um and of course it's on maple of course it is um but um it's lovely it's lovely and uh it's uh we'll see what it looks like when it gets hoisted uh, by somebody next Saturday. Yes, so, will. speaking of next Saturday, let's talk about last Saturday. Um the Handy's home to the Pony Boys in leg 1 of the Sorry, what is it, James? The Canadian Premier League Finals 2019. Thank you. Uh, where drama was the theme of the day in front of a pretty solid crowd, um, a nice loud one. 
Yes. I uh, little shout out to uh, Barton Battalion, Marcus. I did see you on TV. Oh, well, not yeah. on T, not on TV on the replay, but you know what I mean. You were on TV, therefore. Um, You're welcome. Here I am. Everybody. welcome. Thank you for gracing us with your with your smile and your hat. <sighs> that hat. That's gonna be that's gonna be my thing. I think. For better or for worse, is oh that's hat guy. That's hat guy. There are worse ways to be known. I know, James, <laughs> and I would rather be hat guy than so many others. For example, that fucker. Don't want that title. <laughs> I want that fucker to be sitting next to hat guy. Then I'll be okay. So I'm taking applications for that fucker. Just find me on Twitter. Um. So both of you were were at that game, um, and I was not because I was at work. And uh, I will sort of i will I will cede the floor to 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 you guys to tell me about the experience, and then we will discuss uh, the red cards and uh, or whenever the red cards come up and uh, the uh, the final leg. Go. Well, let me just start off with I was technically at work as well, so. Ha 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 ha. For you. Yeah. No. Well, well played. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know what did what did you make of it, Mark? I thought it was a pretty quiet, pretty quiet opening portion. Yeah. Um. I, I kind of. Um, I kind of felt like the first, I don't know, like thirty thirty five minutes. There was nothing really to talk about. Nothing really of note. Um, the, the penalty, which I still have not had a chance to see if that, in my, you know, my refereeing opinion, uh, was, a was actually a handball or not, but, uh, moot point, it was saved, but red card notwithstanding, again, I don't know. Um, I mean, that certainly, that incident kind of sparked the rest of the game. I didn't see a hell of a lot from Calgary in general. I kind of felt like they, uh, I don't know if they were bus parking or just couldn't get their shit together. It felt more like the latter than the prior, but, um, very, I saw very little from Calgary that had me convinced, like, like this was, this was going to be a team that we should feel threatened by. But then again, road form versus home form, I'm sure it will surface. Uh, that being said, I felt that Hamilton played a good game, a, a very good game, um, uh, Calgary's man of the match had to be the crossbar because uh, uh, he made three massive, massive saves. Um, and those were some wonderful shots. Uh, uh, Nanko had a hell of a game. Uh, Nank, I don't know if it got picked up very well on the feed, but right near the end of the game, uh, Nanko did this little undo move where he clearly negotiated with the laws of gravity and physics to <laughs> bend them. Because I'm still trying to figure out the replay in my mind. How the fuck he stood up, managed to put the ball around the guy, and then catch up to the ball to make his play. Nothing became of it. it didn't I don't think it resulted in a shot or a save or anything like that. But holy crap. How the fuck did he do that? Um, and then, of course, the, there's the, uh, the incident that, that seems to have been the most uh, egregious talking point, most, most controversial talking point, which was... Borges and his red card. Um, Ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's going to be a part of this, so we'll, I'll just gloss over that part for now. Um, but uh, 
uh, Hamilton. Oh, we can talk about it whenever. You can do tangents here. That's well, fine. Well, Hamilton looked the, looked like the better side. I I, I kind of feel like they should have at least earned a second goal, but they didn't. Um, but all in all, comprehensive win. Good to them. James. Yeah, it was it was an interesting couple of days. You know, you're never quite sure what the vibe is going to be around a, fi- a final. I was lucky enough to be uh, at Tim Hortons Field the day before the game for media day and and sort of taking it in and, and checking out the cupcakes and playing a little bit of foosball and all that sort of thing. And uh, Working hard, I see. That's good, yeah. Yes, yes. That's what I was doing. Um, it was fun. It was fun. It, it, it had that cup feel. You know, you could you could feel it a little bit around town. I wasn't able to stay for the the Barton Street rally that on Friday night, but you know, even just making my way from the bus from the bus downtown to the stadium, you sort of you know you could hear the drums in the distance, and you could see the the orange on the fans as they were getting themselves over towards the stadium. And you know, there was that nice mix of crowd. You could see the the dads bringing their little kids to the game, and you could see the older folks that that were just there. Uh, enjoying the match themselves, and then you could see the rowdies uh, like Mark there getting themselves all done up for a uh, for a finals day. And it done up. This you know, I really didn't know. <laughs> I really didn't know quite what to expect from it, but uh, but it was a it was a nice atmosphere the whole way through. And and as Mark said, the first little while was a uh, you know it was one of those KG chess chess match kind of games where well two legged final right so. Yeah, exactly. And cavalry, you know, you just sort of want to get out of there without without doing yourself too much damage. And you know, Forge were uh, were on top of things, but they weren't quite making the most of it. Nanko, as you said, was very lively. Kyle Becker rung one off the crossbar that that probably should have cracked the game open. And you know, the Waterman red card was was tough, but it was also you know pretty much the first or, or maybe the second time that Borges had found a little bit of space in that game. Calvary's game plan was very much just whenever he got anywhere near the ball, collapse on him with three or four guys and prevent him from getting from from getting himself turned towards goal and building up ahead of steam, and and it seemed to work. And then, you know, he uh, he sees his penalty kick denied, and then I think it was stoppage time of that first half, finds that little bit of space and. And boom, there's your first goal, and, and that really tore the game open from there. Uh, second half was was pretty wild. Forge will probably be kicking themselves for not having added a little bit more, and uh, and of course then the madness ensued. And uh, you know, I, I never quite know how much to read into those things in terms of is that worthy of a red card? How much uh, how much gamesmanship do you do you allow a player to get away away with? You know, Wielden there was a. Uh, using all of his veteran nous to sort of get under Borges' skin, and Borges just sort of can't retaliate like that. Uh, whether you make contact or not, it's a, it's a dangerous situation to put yourself in whenever you give the ref a, a decision to make. And You know, I think uh, I've seen this sort of going around. Uh, we got a memorable final. It, it would have been really easy for, for that game to stay cagey for the whole 90 minutes, and not a whole lot to come out of it but uh so what you're saying is that it was scripted like wrestling i mean wrestling's totally real like wrestling of old is what i'm saying i could have booked that way better honestly (laughs) Uh, but that's just Um, being biased all right well let's 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 you know what let's talk about the red cards then the first one to waterman um it's an unfortunate one but by current laws of the game and 
I highly recommend if you want to go online and read the thread by uh, Squiz, uh, Daniel Squizato, who does an excellent job of explaining these things, being a ref himself and someone who, you know, is more than a little vested in uh, making people understand uh, soccer and Canadian soccer. So definitely worth taking a look at. He's done a good job explaining it. Uh, You know, Carducci came up huge and uh, they kept the game, uh, you know, nodded at zero. And then, uh, yeah, the whole Wielden-Borges mashup, literally, I have watched because again I wasn't I wasn't watching the game, but I had the the clip sent to me, and I've watched it multiple times since then, and cannot wrap my head around how badly I feel like the refs got this. <laughs> um, like I just I keep watching it, and I'm like, how 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 is that a red card to Borges and not the I just don't get it um the you know some as as what what did mark say as our as our as our esteemed colleague uh duncan fletcher put it uh yes was uh was on point uh for that game but also certainly in that moment that was the epitome of shithousery um i don't see anywhere in that interaction where borges made contact with wielden's face like at all and I've tried. I've I've looked for it. I'm like, okay, all right. This is where he's going to get him in the face. No, no, not there. All right. Um, but like, Wielder takes him out, like holds him down. Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't so much the taking him out as it was the levering yourself with your elbow into him. That was the real sort oh, of yeah. sort of uh, sneakiness involved in this. And you know, when I saw when I saw it go down, it was one of those plays where. You know, to play squiz for a second, it's not about making contact. It's about the intent in the yes. play. So you don't and have to necessarily. But given that it's a final and given the fact that both players were very much involved in it, it's one of those ones where you give them both a yellow card and you let the rest of the game play out. And that was sort of my feeling at the time. And and when that red card sort of came out, you sort of... There was a little bit of shock because it was, it came out sort of, you know, it was mid fracas. The referee was sort of, you know, looking at a hundred different things, thinking about a hundred different things and went to his pocket a little bit faster than I think he needed to in that situation where, you know, maybe you get, you get things under control and then you, you talk with your linesmen and you find out what it was that went on or your, your assistant referees, my apologies for the old. That's okay. I, I, I like linesmen, even though I had someone point out to me. The other day that it's they've been called assistant yeah. referee for like oh no 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 I know the term I just I like linesman but that change was made oh maybe two decades ago now and I was like I don't care I'm clinging to this I'm clinging <laughs> well they they do they technically the run the lines but exactly uh, I think it just needed yellows it just needed yellows and calm it down a little bit mm. you didn't think Wielden deserved a red for that. No, yellows. I said yellows. I, I know that. This is, I'm, I'm, do you not hear the incredulous? Oh, this is a second question. This is a different Tone question. in my, in my query to you directly. I think you could make that argument, but at the same time, uh, 
I'm more happy in these where it's a bit of a 50-50 thing, a bit of, a bit of back and forth where, where it's, it's even punishment to both sides, where you guys are both in, engaged in a little bit of shithousery, as Duncan would say, and, and uh, you know, you'll each suffer a proportionate amount of uh, discipline for it. And, you know, so if he was going to show both reds, maybe, maybe that's a different case, but uh, I, I just felt like it was two yellows, calm things down, move on, you know? Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I because to me the the second thing doesn't happen if the first thing doesn't happen, and how much that uh, Wilden did, like even after he took him down, kind of hooked hooked into him, held him down, like he was really just trying to fuck with him. And granted, you know, a, a whole game's worth of of being you know shut out, locked down, pushed around, whatever. Yeah, it comes to a boil, but at the same time, like I don't think Borges would have lashed out, air quotes, uh, like that had he not just held like held him down and deliberately tried to keep him down on the ground. If if it was just knock him over and then run, try to run around him, run past him, nothing nothing happens. It's not a it's not even a yellow either side. But and I realize the referee's just looking at the lashing out and not what led up to the lashing out. If you if you account what led up to the lash out, it's no longer dangerous play; it's retaliation, and I I like I feel it was both. It's two yellows. The only crappy part is that even if they rescind the yellow uh, the red card for for Borges, which I I hope for not only both my selfish vested reason, but legit neutral reason, you can't assign a card to Wielden. After the fact, so he's getting off scot free no matter how this yeah. plays out. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I it seemed to be really overblown. And uh, full credit to the uh, whoever was doing the video in the stadium. Uh, they <laughs> they put a couple pl- replays up there that you would never couple see. different angles. Yeah, you would never see that in an MLS stadium. And thank you because <laughs> I know I I understand why they don't why they try to not do that but that's not cool show it everybody's there was got, a everybody's got the ability to watch a replay except the people who paid to be there no give us something i know the referee can't watch it and he's not supposed to watch it and if he changes his mind because of what he saw on the screen that's his fucking problem not mine <laughs> <laughs> there was a little bit of a, a funny back and forth in in the uh in the post-match pressers that that i thought gave a little bit of insight into uh into things I think it's fair to say that Cavalry went into that game very much looking to shut Borges down and and as I said earlier oh, yeah. he got he got no time and space and, and they weren't afraid to to leave a little piece on him if if need be and you know uh Tommy Wielden Jr sort of sort of alluded to to Borges being a bit of a, a temperamental guy and a guy that they knew that if if you push his buttons a little bit you'll either you know, get him to lash out or at least sort of sort of get his head out of the game space. And I think that was very much something they were going for. And, you know, the fact that it was his brother that ended up doing the deed was, uh, was uh, you know, one of those things we'll be talking about for the next 15, 20 years. And then, you know, Bobby Smirniotis was, was asked about that. And, you know, he, he just sort of listed off a bunch of great players, your, your Maradonas, your Messis, your Cristiano Ronaldo's, all these guys that play with an edge and just said, you know, Tristan just needs to keep doing what he's doing. So it was, uh, oh, yeah. there was a little bit, of, a little bit of tension in the, in the dressing room. I mean, in the, uh, in the presser room air between the two coaches that I think was uh, reflective of, of the way the match was played between the two sides. 
And um, will either of you be surprised if the red card is rescinded? Because Forge, of course, have appealed um, that card. I don't believe Calgary has appealed uh, Waterman's red, but um, Hamilton has appealed this one. I would be more surprised if they don't repeal it or rescind it. Yeah. Um, just because, like, what I saw was, like, if they're going to allow that, it, I don't know, it's just, and I can't even say precedence because it's literally, like, the second last game of the year. What precedence are you setting? It, it's just, <laughs> at this point, it's ju- you're just screwing with them. And I'm trying to determine personally if who it is matters more to the situation rather than if it were just any Forge player. Um, and I'm trying to separate that from myself. Like, I still, I still think that if it were, you know, Cisse, if it were uh, Nanko, if it were anybody, like any of the other players or others, Ajax, who eventually came on, um, was given that treatment, reacted that way, I would still be like, that's still a bullshit call. Like, that should still be rescinded. And I think also, too, if that were the other way around, Hamilton player did the shithousery to Calgary, I would want that guy to get it rescinded too, because I don't, I don't want to see people shittily prevented from contributing. Yeah, to the no, final. agreed, agreed. But really, I think, I think the the big the big question here is does does the league or the CSA, whoever I think the CSA, will be reviewing this, so we'll find out in March. Um, <laughs> but do what does the weight of MLS? players carry um, in their deliberations. The, the heavyweights such as uh, Jordan Hamilton and Raheem <laughs> Edwards who, who spoke up passionately and knowledgeably from past experience apparently with this ref on Twitter as it was happening. Um, neither of them were pleased by the red card. Neither of them seemed surprised because apparently this referee had given them both red cards and it's Jordan Hamilton very, very passionately said his only red card, <laughs> um, which was hilarious. Quite frankly, I, was I think you're burying you're burying the lead here. The fact that these two guys are are sitting wherever they are watching, uh, I know, watching, yes. the, watching final. the CPL yes. final that's, is just kind of awesome. What do you mean? I'm assuming they were at the game. Their seasons are over. I just assumed they're back home. Possible. That that no, Mr. James Grassi of all of the domains is correct. That is the that's the takeaway for me. I'm like hold like I I don't know for me not to say that um, oh I play in this league I don't watch lower division shit. It's not even about that. It's the fact that I just had a full season. I'm tired. <laughs> like I don't. Is there really nothing did either of them really have a full season though? Oh burn burn so hard. That's not fair. I yes, know I know it's um, not. <laughs> no, but like to me, it, I just thought it was awesome that. That here we have two Canadian players who are yeah that are engaged, who are reacting to the thing that we're all For reacting sure. to. It's like, like there's a part of me that's, oh, they're they're fans too. I mean, they probably have friends who play in the league. They, you know, there's there's probably more closer ties to it than just simply, hey, look, Canadian player who's not in league watching Canadian league. Ha, huh? I realize it, it probably goes way deeper than that, but it was they're watching it, they're watching it and reacting it like supporters would and this just confirms uh, Jordan Hamilton to CanPL I mean I don't know what else it could be <laughs> he's basically saying he's doing a run in, in April and someone's getting a chair to the back of the head and um, I hope it's Yorkie because that was our name first 
so uh, anyway, yeah, I, I, I that that was my, I I smiled when I saw he was watching. Mm. Also, he may have seen me on TV. Like, was, <laughs> that's Hat Guy. And who's that fucker? So, um, yeah, yeah. All right. Well then, um, have so the Forge are heading into the the second leg in Calgary uh, with a one nil lead. Have they done enough to, you know, is was that was that a good enough result for them to ultimately be victorious um, this coming Saturday? I'll let you that handle this one first, Mark. Oh, whatever, Mister Journalist. Um, yeah. Damn it. I was hoping to get out of this a little bit. Okay, so uh, I'm going to try and be as 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 non-committed to one side or the other as possible. Ah, be biased, you're allowed. No, it's okay. Here's the thing. Um, I I'm also aware of Hamilton's professional soccer history, and um, uh-huh. history indicates that we lose finals a lot. Um, granted, it hasn't been one in a long, long time. But we did lose one to Calgary in the Canadian Soccer League final when it first started. And not that history is going to repeat itself because uh, then they lost the next three to the Vancouver 86ers. So they lost four finals in a row. And then the following season, they only made it to the semifinals where they lost to Vancouver. So the 86ers can suck my balls. Um, that's, a, that's a long, long, long held grudge. I that's, yeah, that, this that's, man holds a grudge. That's 30 years, kids. Just some math. Um, so, yeah, so based on that, there's a part of it thinks, oh, my God, it is literally history repeating itself. That wasn't a two-legged thing, but I'm hoping I'm wrong. And I know Calgary Swarm's a lot better at home. I mean, whose isn't? But uh, I don't think we, as in the viewing public, let alone Hamilton, saw what Calgary is truly capable of. Um and because of that, has me quite nervous. I still think Hamilton can steal it. I could see this going 2-1. I don't know if we're at the prediction stage yet. I think Hamilton can steal it just based on scoring the away goal. Like, lose the match, win the win, yeah. the, win the shield. So, um, I don't... But at the same time, too, I don't think Calgary's going to, like, steamroll Hamilton. I, I don't see that happening at all. But I see Calgary showing up. I see Calgary doing some business and then it becomes an issue of how much business they do. Yeah, that was going to, that was pretty much going to be my dodge of this question involving prediction <laughs> was that, uh, you know, whether they did enough will depend on, on what happens in this second leg. Um, that's sort of the whole Dear point God. of these two legged series. And James, well, what I, what I mean by that is sort of, um, so I, I spoke with Bobby uh, on Wednesday leading into the match and, and he had sort of alluded to to you know finding some vulnerabilities in, in cavalry that that they were looking to exploit in the match, and you know every team has their vulnerabilities, and he even admitted you know Forge has their own vulnerabilities that uh, that they will have to guard against in the match, and you know as a way to sort of talk about how how we would approach the second leg differently, I I asked him to sort of get into some of those vulnerabilities and and how we think they did at exploiting those and. And while he agreed that that some of the things that they had looked into doing had come to plan, he uh, steadfastly refused to give any more insight into what those things actually were. And uh, 
as he said at the time, it, it was very much because they were going to go about the second leg the exact same way. They're going to go to Calgary. They're going to put them under pressure. They're going to look for those same vulnerabilities, and they're going to try and score. And so, you know, whether whether they did enough at home, whether they made the most of the red card, I think I think pretty objectively you can say no because you always want to do more than you did. But if they carry that same ethos into the second leg, then then sure, they, they did enough. Prediction, James. Prediction? Uh-huh. Yeah. I predict a memorable and exciting oh, second leg. I predict James handing out the participation ribbons. <laughs> um, they are lovely ribbons, aren't they? They're nice. They're they are the nice. They're leftover cupcakes from, from the first media day. Um, what 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 makes it go to penalties? One nil. Uh, one nothing cavalry. Yeah. All right. Um, I I want a one nothing Calgary and then a Hamilton victory in penalties. Oh Just God, I can't fucking handle this idea. I know, but that's, <laughs> I, Just lose. I don't. Just I don't get to. Nail, I don't get to watch it. So I want there to be as much drama as possible for me to look back at uh, afterwards. Wistfully, I presume. Well, I would have liked to have been. I wouldn't. I was never going to Calgary. I don't think. Well, yeah. If I had a different job, maybe I would have flown out there. I have friends out there, um, but uh, I, you know, I just, I, it's, it's, you know, there was lots of drama in the first leg. Let's let's make sure there's some good drama in the second leg, and as you said, let's make it memorable. Um, and I would also, like some snow. I, yeah. I would like some snow. Uh, the orange ball. Um, I also, I, I want the, I want the Handies to beat the Pony Boys. Um, they are, you know, I, whatever, friends and stuff involved. But also, just kind of, you know, sick of Pony Boy domination. Whatever. Um, I, I will. So like go I Handies. Do, I will say that. Uh, Hamilton has been quite often good for a goal. And that's yeah. where my optimism this this is where my optimism lies. They can still lose the game, but I could I if I could place a bet on them scoring once, at least once any every game, I'd have been up maybe like 3 bucks by the end of this because I think they only got shut out twice. But uh like but that's home or away. They're good for a goal no matter where they are. Um uh, I also want to say uh one other, one last thing. I meant to mention this uh, during the game. I was trying to get uh, a song going, and it got chuckles from uh, Alan and Chris, our capos, but it didn't quite materialize. And it was, um, uh, "You're in for you finish first place. You finish first place. Not quite sure how you finish first place." And it didn't quite catch on <laughs> the way I wanted it to, because I thought that was funny and honest at the same time. I like it. I'm not. Yeah. So. I'm, basically, my my prediction truly is Calgary wins by only one goal. Okay, but it's still two. Awesome.
And now to the last thing on our show, dear gods, this show became a very long show because we're all so chatty. Um, it is I the... Blame Tony. I totally do. Always blame Tony. When you can't blame Duncan, and, and you know, we blamed Duncan last week, so this week it's Tony's turn. Um, it is the Easter Conference final preview against the AU guys. Uh, another conference final, uh, the third in four years. Um, the very odd MLS scheduling around these playoffs, like get there compressed, but now there's a week and a half between the finals, the conference finals and the final. It's just odd. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they're trying to avoid the time change. Because this weekend is, is, is fall back, so maybe they were trying to work around that. I have no idea. Um, so, yes. Like the the uh, conference final against Atlanta is this Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. Uh, if your job and finances allow you to travel, hate you just a little bit, but have a great time. Um, there are a number of viewing parties, um, both just by supporter clubs at bars, but also by, let's see, so TFC is hosting one uh, at BMO Field um, in the South End. If you haven't seen that in your email yet, take a, take a look at that. Um, Do I have to and donate then, to a charity of their choice? I don't think so. No, I think you just get to go and sit in the South End. They're apparently putting a screen up in the 18-yard box. It's not on the big screen in the North Stand. They're going to erect something different, which I think will be kind of delightful. Um, that could be hilarious. Yeah. And I know. Uh, but depending on the weather, because now it's looking like the weather is going to be shit, um, less exciting to maybe do that. Uh, Footy Talks is hosting their own viewing thingy at uh, uh, the Ontario Place Cinespear. Um, with uh, Caldwell and KJ, so quality, um, and indoors. Quality. Um, so on, get to watch get to watch TFC in IMAX. Ooh. Uh, so that's also a possibility if you wish to come out and watch and not just uh, be at home. Um, all right. So you know what this is. Uh, the crazy massive game again um, against Atlanta who you know again they've only been in the league a couple years so there's not a huge amount of history to draw on in terms of results but in the four games that Toronto have played in Atlanta they've yet to win Um, Atlanta has one win there's been two draws Um, so it's hard to sort of look at it that way in terms of, you know, Atlanta holds the, the slight advantage. Um, and I think you could argue that they are the better team um, when healthy. They have all of their potent weapons back. Uh, they have one of the league's best goal scorers. Now, again, he does score most of their goals. So without Joseph Martinez... If, if TFC can isolate him and take him out of the game early, that gives them more of an opportunity, certainly. Um, yeah, I, like, I, I'm still kind of adjusting to the fact that they've, they've, they've done this, that they've, they've made it to this, uh, this point again. Um, but, yes, I would have rather they played Philadelphia, because that would have been easier. <laughs> 
a hundred times. Uh, so. Yeah. You know, Atlanta's only, Atlanta lost only, they only dropped points in five matches at home. They lost two and drew three in the regular season. Mm. And one of the best home records in the league. It's really mm. annoying. Um, I don't know. General feelings other than, yay, they made it to an Eastern Conference final, but I'm not sure how I feel about it going past that. I, I this one, I, I actually feel like they're going to lose on Wednesday, and that makes me sad, but I kind of feel that's what's going to happen. James, go for it. General feelings. I, I go back to the, the way that we started this show where, you know, I have no idea what this team is capable of. We... You know, on paper, it looked like they were in tough against NYCFC, and they found a way to get through it. You know, DC comes to town, manages to uh, to level in, in deep in stoppage time, and, and Toronto just, you know, explodes in, in extra time to, to stick a fork in that match. So I would say underestimate TFC at your peril. I don't think Atlanta will be a team to underestimate them just based on how their decision day encounter went last season. Yes. Um, but I, I think if you go into this fearing Atlanta, then then you're probably barking up the wrong tree just in the sense that, that these one-off games make it all the more important that you have that sort of switched-on ruthlessness that uh, that's required this time of year. That ability to sort of dig down deep and find some way to get the job done, whether it is your goalkeeper making saves, whether it's Richie Larea driving into the box in the 90th minute, whether it's Nick DeLeon popping up with a screamer, whatever whatever it is that, that has to happen, you have to get the job done. And and Toronto's proved that they can do that on a, on a lot of nights over the years. And so... You know, Atlanta are defending MLS Cup champs. They've they've done quite well for themselves as well. Um, but I'm not sure that uh, that they've necessarily been tested by going up against this TFC team when they have that look in their eye and that that smile on Bradley's face that we see so so rarely. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to a to a pretty good match, and I think uh, I think one thing that that's been a little overlooked when you look at their attack is that, you know, both Miles Robinson and Michael Parkers look to be missing out. And those are two b- pretty big holes in their back line. And well, that's what I was going to bring up Parkhurst. Yeah. Like he didn't play, he wasn't even in the 18 for their match against the union. It's very questionable if he's, you know, like he's retiring this year, right? Whether he yeah. steps on the pitch again, Miles Robinson, Miles Robinson is, is you could argue just as important as yep. part of that, that back line. And so, you know, they, they squeaked by New England. They squeaked by Philadelphia. Maybe squeak is a little bit of a, a I think squeak is term there. A little bit, yes. 2-0 uh, wins. I think they scored that 10-minute, minute, that 10th minute goal, and then the contest was sort of over at that point. So they weren't, they Fair. weren't really they have to tested do much, yeah. that you should be tested in these playoff matches. And so, so uh, you know, when, when TFC shows up at your barn and they're ready to give you a game, are you... Uh, are you up for it? You know, and and that's going to be my question going into this game is is who's up for this game more? I feel that uh, I feel that James makes a ton of good points. I I kind of feel like <laughs> I'm not no I'm not going to say like Toronto's like a team of destiny, but there is there is there is a we don't give a shit what the scoreline is quite yet attitude which they didn't have from what 
March up until about middle of August, like they're they don't they're starting to show that resilience that made them great. And it's not the it's not nearly the same level, but they didn't give a shit about New York City FC. They did not give a damn about them. They didn't really give a crap about DC United. And I'm not saying they didn't play them with respect, but they they had us look like, no, we're not. This game's ours. It's just a matter of time. And I think Atlanta... Um, uh, I think there's a better chance of, of Toronto knocking Atlanta out now. Or at least, sorry, let me rephrase this. There's a better chance of Toronto knocking out or, or defeating Atlanta on Wednesday than they had in any of the previous away games down there. Fair, um, okay. Like there's there's a I'll momentum, there's a belief, and and it's coming from all parts of the park. Like, you know, if you ask me what I thought of say Marky Delgado in June, it's a much more harsher opinion than it is this week. Sure. And I can and I can say that about so many players like Simon, who I have time for. Oh my no god, how was, old he is! He's been great. No, no, we have to give you know, and we should have done that in the recap of the Pizza Rats oh, well, match. I'm not but editing this, so yeah. no, 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 that's fine. It. But yeah. like Good. the two matches that he's played for Omar Gonzalez and has been like this is this is this is the Simon we'd hoped we'd get to see this Same. season, yeah. and he. Not he he more than filled Gonzalez's shoes in these last two matches. He was instrumental in their success, and um, I was actually quite pleased to see uh, you know a, a rightful amount of praise online. Um, and it felt weird to be like, yeah, Lauren Simon, like yeah, um, but you, you cannot. He, I don't think he set a foot wrong. Yes, exactly, and and at least in the last couple of games, he's looked fantastic. He's looked like yes. Oh yeah. He, well, he that's looks like the, he looks like the guy that we bought off, like reading the label off the shelf when when they signed him. This yes. is what we thought we were getting then, and now he's here now. So that's one. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna I was gonna go in a different direction. So you finish your point, and I'll, I'll hop in. Fine. Um. So yeah, uh, yeah I, I I don't I'm not nearly as scared about this uh this match as you are, Kristen. Uh, I will be honest. I I think they've got. Slightly better than a than a puncher's chance at at uh, at beating Atlanta. I'm I'm not I'm not dismissing Atlanta's explosive capabilities because clearly they're there. Um, you know, there's I, I suppose if you can find a way to magically neutralize one Joseph Martinez, yeah, you might you might survive it, but uh, they they have talent to to fight their way through without him being effective or on the pitch um, but uh, I'm, I'm not yeah I'm not I'm not I'm not as scared about this game now as I would have been if you'd said like in September hey you're gonna run into Atlanta at some point I would have dreaded it now I'm not I'm not that dreading yeah one of the one of the one of the really funny things about this TFC team is that you know, the games that seem the most daunting are the games that they get up the most for. You know, um, it, sometimes it's hard in the middle of a season to motivate yourself for a Wednesday, a Wednesday night match in Dallas in July or something like that. You know, like those those sort of summer grind games that don't really mean much in the grand scheme of things. 
Whereas, you know, when you're going into LAFC and you're playing in their stadium and the crowd is against you, that's a game where, where TFC finds a different gear and, and steps it up a level. When when you go into the extra time against DC United and you're a little discombobulated because they leveled at the end of the game, you you find that next level. And, you know, when you go into the home of, of the team that finished top in the East and are favorites to, to move on in the series, you 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 know, bop them in the nose and keep going for 45 minutes. And and I'm expecting that TFC to show up again on uh, on Wednesday night. So as I said, it should be a, it should be a fun one. All right. Well, players to watch then from uh, from the AU guys. Uh, Martinez Gressel, one, two. Yeah, that's Gressel, mine as well. Gressel's the setup guy. Uh, he's going to be a pain in your ass. But Martinez has got goals for days. And... It's yeah, it's in that order, and it can never be not in that order. At least the way this season's been going for them. So, but also uh, Lorentowitz, who is talk about a pain in the ass. That guy, yeah, seriously, he's, he's been he's an he's, he's been annoying. a ginger pain in the ass since Toronto enter, since he entered the league. Exactly, he's on that list with Chad Marshall he is on and that uh, list. Nick Raimondo. Yeah, and he's been a pain in the ass with almost every team he's played for. So, yeah. which. I would have totally signed Jeff Laurentiis if he was available any one of those years. <laughs> it's like, he's available, let's get... Oh, we went to Chicago. Oh, Fuck. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> As is my right, I'm not going to just pick one. I'm going to mention a, uh, a selection of others. Um, I think you're looking at what is Pity, Pity Martinez doing in this game. I think everyone knows that Joseph is dangerous. Everyone knows that, that uh, Gressel is dangerous and... You know, if we go back to the meeting between these two teams earlier in the year in Atlanta when uh, when Atlanta won 2 nothing and TFC had heavily rotated, Martinez had his best game uh, for Atlanta, and it's been a, a rocky sort of season for him. But yep. if you can add that third element to those other two guys that we talked about, you become a much more dangerous team. And, you know, I, of course, I, I'm pretty sure it was his ball that set up Gressel for the opener against Philly. So yep, he's going to be one to sort of keep an eye on. The other two are Brad Guzan, because they're going to need that leadership element in there, that, that guy that's going to get them up for the match and make sure that they're ready for it. And when TFC beat them 4-1 on decision day last year, Guzan was was incredulous post-match when we spoke to him. And, and yeah. he was pretty adamant that, you know, we need to learn lessons about how we need to get ourselves up for games in order to face what's going to be coming to us in the playoffs. And Evidently, they learned those lessons because they would go on to win the cup, as we all know. And and then there's uh, Gonzalez Perez. I think uh, how he oh, yeah. is a factor at the back in terms of shutting things down for TFC is going to be massive because, you know, Martinez is Martinez and he's, he's a dangerous player. He's, he's one of the top scorers this league has ever seen. <laughs> Bless you. <Thank> you. <laughs> for uh, For a very good reason. And uh, the question will be... Does Toronto let him beat them, or do they do enough over at the other side? And if if Atlanta is going to keep Toronto out, it'll come down to Guzan and Perez. All right, predictions. Mm. I'm going to one Atlanta because I'm a bad TFC fan. No, that's 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 reasonable. That's totally reasonable. Uh Damn it! I don't want to say to all in penalties, but I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be. No, you know what? I'm gonna go for. It's not. It's not even optimism. I kind of genuinely believe this. 
I think Toronto runs out 2-1 again. All right. Cool. I'm going to say it's going to be an exciting <laughs> and memorable game for us all to watch. Oh, and the there will definitely not be a 97th minute bizarre penalty kick that, that Pity puts over the bar this time around. That you can be sure of. <laughs> okay. Wow, that's a limb. Um, are you, are you going to be handing out limb. participation uh, stale CanPL uh, cupcakes for this game too? I do have a couple of them in my bag, so yeah, yeah, yeah nice, you can make nice. that happen. All right, so should one last thing before we end the show. Should they win on Wednesday night, who do you want to face in the final? Sounding enthusiasts or zombie Shivas? Truly, I win either way because who doesn't like a good backstory gimmick bullshit? Yeah. Father versus son, or, yeah. or the third match. final in the third and four years of the I same two I, I actually team. don't care. I and, know, and I love and I love the unlikelihood of a Seattle Toronto final. Uh, just, just the notion that it could end up this way is is delightful because both teams had big successful clubs in their way to get to that point, and dismissing them is like. Like this is this is this is the end of this is the end of a tournament you kind of want to see. It's like okay, here's two two teams that got really hot at the right point, right time, and are going to kick each other's ass, hopefully, for uh, for all of us to be entertained by. And of course, LAFC is just like Atlanta Redux right now. So I mean, do I want to see another expansion team get success again? Please no. But. Um, <laughs> I, if, if given the choice, I want Seattle. Not because it's easier, because it's funnier. Yeah, you pretty much stole my thunder there. I was going with both have their angles, which is what I'm really all about. Seattle, best of three. LAFC, father versus son, and that stadium uh, coming into play. So uh, I'm pretty happy either way it goes. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't. I've, I've tried. I've looked. I Yeah, all, all the reasons for either. So, all right. That is our show. I'm uh, I'm uh, fading fast here, so we're gonna we're gonna end it. Plus, it's been almost two hours, so we should you're fading end fast, it. and it's almost been two hours. That's exactly. not fast. That's a slow ass trip. I know it's horrible. I've been like this for like an hour. Anyway, um, I want to uh, say please join us next week when we look back at the KenPL 2019 finals. Uh, find out what happened with Toronto FC and the rest of MLS nonsense. Uh, and start, uh, you know, we'll start wrapping up some maybe some year-end stuff and maybe uh, start looking ahead to Canada's match against the U.S. Um, the middle of next month. Uh, I want to thank Mr. Mark Hinckley at Kitnerd Mark with a K, not a Q on the Twitters for uh, all the technical wizardry and such for this evening's show. Not quite sure how you finish first place. Very nice. Um, And uh, for joining us last minute, uh, our super sub uh, at Grossi, uh, Mr. Gentleman Jimmy Grossi. It's a pleasure as always. And uh, as for me, uh, you can find me on the internet. Yes, the entire internet at KZ Knowles. I've been your host, Kristen Knowles. And until next week, Canada, get used to it.
for Gundes.